I'm Julie. And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this time we're going to go to the Old Testament and uh, look at the Book of Tobit, which I think was written by Lois McMaster Bouchold. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like it. It feels like it a little bit. I was thinking about that uh, earlier this morning. because. Yeah, it's got, you know, demons in it, and there's an angel in it, and there's a romance in it. Um, yeah. Some crazy medicine. Crazy medicine in it. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> so yeah. I think she'd enjoy it if uh, if she hasn't read it. Um, and it is a book that uh, many people probably would not have read because it's not included in the Jewish canon, if I understand that right, and also... Not in most um, Christian canons, correct? I think, is it that it's included in a certain Jewish canon? Possibly, possibly. Was it the Greek Jewish canon and the Catholic Church went with it? Of course, the Catholic Church at that time was the Christian Church. Yeah, you know, everybody Um, who was Christian was Catholic at one point, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, Though I've had people who argue with me about it. Like, no, (laughs) this is history. But yeah, others don't, and because it's got all these uh, kind of fantastic elements, I think it was written in it's written in a lot of different versions. In fact, you know, Jerome, who was putting the Bible together, he translated it. But he was like, seriously, guys, I really feel like this is a mistake. You shouldn't include it. But other church fathers were like, oh, no, it's wonderful. It's got all these great elements. <laughs> we like and it, I yeah. kind of agree with them, of course. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's in my great. Bible. So Yes, it's in my Bible, too. So um, I, you read I have it before? a book here. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, oh, you picked it. Of course, you read it. Right. Um, It's just a, it's actually a really good one for Lent, you know, when I look at it too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's, uh, I've got a Catholic introduction to the Bible here in front of me by Bergsma Uh and Petrie. And I think you've got the same book. In fact, you were the one who told me about it in the first place, which I love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it says the original language of the book of Tobit was most likely Aramaic. Isn't that the language that Jesus spoke? It is. Yes. Yeah, so um, what I don't have in it. front of me yeah. is like the dates of when they think this was written. Um, so would, if it would, they were speaking Aramaic, we're probably talking, this is going to oh, be I one think of the they most. they said something like, it was something like 2 BC. Oh, wow. I mean, so, wow. It's, it's Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, second or third century BC. Um, another thing that was really cool about it in this book is um, it says, that when the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered at Qumran, among the many hundreds of scrolls were four fragments of this book in Aramaic and two in Hebrew. So um, that was really interesting. I'm going to say when you're out there in the caves, in the desert, and what you've got is Isaiah. Yeah. You need some <laughs> historical fiction to help you along the way. I'm just going, yes, if I'm on a desert island, please do send me the Bible and everything, but please also send the Lord of the Rings. I'm oh, just, absolutely. <laughs> I need some inspiration from a different angle. That is too funny. That is too <laughs> funny. So it says, uh, uh, Toby, Tobit, it says, apparently it was known, studied, and copied as an agotic midrash which is a Ooh. narrative explanatory expansion of early, earlier scripture. Um, the canonical status of Tobit within the ancient Christian church was affirmed by the majority, but questioned by a few. Yeah, very, Sounds very right. interesting. Yeah. That's always the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it makes me, when you said that, I thought, oh, well, that makes me think of Jonah. Hmm, yeah. It's not that Jonah wasn't, you know, a person and a prophet, but the way the story is told, it's as if... Um, they look at it and go, "What's well, a histor-. Some people say it's a historical novel. Some people say it was actually true. Mm. And either way is fine because it's the truth in it that you're studying. You know, right? What I mean, right? Yeah. And absolutely. we talked about that when we did the episode on Jonah. Yeah. So I think what I meant to say, actually, when I'm thinking about it, is fiction versus fact. Is it's written in a, a literary form. Mm. That's entertaining, fictional style. 
whether or not it's true, you could call it literary fiction almost. Certainly that's what Tobit could be called. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, kind of um, because they say it was clearly written way after it was supposed to have happened. Mm, right. So the person had said it in the past, and they, they say once they've looked at all the history now, they're like, oh, all these things are wrong. They wouldn't have all happened at the same time. You wouldn't have referred to some of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, this makes me think of books like The Robe, The Silver Chalice, mm. um, Ben-Hur even. You know, these historical fiction that they're following the facts closely enough, as far as we know. But they're weaving in other characters in order to provide an entertaining story and also give you some theological truths as the authors see them and some uh, inspiration. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. And yeah, this is one of those books, you know, the, they talk about, you know, Bible interpretation and things and taking things literally and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, the best answer is the Bible is meant to be taken literally where it is supposed to be taken literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, the thing is, it's like, yeah, there's poetry, right? And, mm-hmm. and poetry, you don't take it literally, but yet it conveys truth. And there's proverbs mm-hmm. and, you know, sayings, wise sayings, which, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> those, those also aren't always literal. So, yeah, the Book of Tobit is not very long. In fact, I found short. a little audio version of it on um, uh, YouTube that was oh. reading the NAB, and uh, I mm-hmm. listened to that, and as well as reading it. Um, and it's only 50 minutes long, you know, so mm-hmm. unabridged, 50 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it tells the story of Tobit. Um, well, yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting story, and it's really... Um, it's yeah, so it's it's interesting to me because when I was reading it, I thought I don't remember this being first person, and the first part of it is Tobit going, "My name is Tobit, and here's where I live, and here's what I do, and mm-hmm. here's, you know, and I I try to follow all the laws that God gave us, and even when we got sent into exile, I still went around and buried the dead Jews <laughs> because you know otherwise everything's unclean, and yeah. um, even though it was against the rules, and so he's setting it all up, and then part way into it. It just shifts over to third person and moves on. So, um, but yeah, that got my yeah. attention. You don't usually have those books told by the person themselves, any right. part of them, really. Yeah, that that's interesting. I, I don't know that I would have said that. Uh, I mean, I know that it was first person, but um, it didn't leap out at me as something incredibly odd. But mm-hmm. um, but it maybe it should have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it, that, that's what he says. He says, "Hey." It says, you know, at the very beginning, it says, this book tells the story of Tobit. And then it's like by verse three, it says, I, Tobit, have walked all yeah. the days of my life on paths of fidelity and righteousness. You know, so I'm yeah. I'm doing the stuff. I'm right. doing the stuff. And it um, just the, the um, it's striking that um, he said that, uh, how did he put it? It's, uh, I'm going to find it here. But it's like when when somebody killed a Jew and threw him over the wall. I would often bury them. And I'm thinking, God, that's horrific. You know, what the hell? <laughs> that's, yeah, this is common practice. He spends all day doing this stuff. Yeah, and you're just like, like oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah, some somebody did not like him doing that. Um, and when they found out that he did it, they were kind of mad at him. <laughs> yeah, I think it was against the law, maybe. Yeah, it must have been against the law. But um, So he goes around doing good works because mm-hmm. he loves God. Right. And um, that's all fine until he one time comes back. He like he leaves in the middle of dinner. One of his servants, I think, comes and says, "Hey, I just heard about a dead Jew somewhere." And he's like, <laughs> "Oh no!" Leaves his dinner, goes and buries him. But he's now unclean because mm. he's been handling a dead body, yeah. and he won't be able to purify himself until daytime. So he sleeps outside of the walls of his house. And the sparrows poop in his eyes. I <laughs> sleep with my eyes shut, but maybe it could slide in. Uh-huh. And um, I-, I always imagine him on a little camping cot out there. I realize that's a wrong image in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, so now he's blind. He's become blind from the disease he's gotten. And his wife has to take in work. And this men- makes me think of the book of Job. And she's like, you are the worst ever. Now I'm having to do all this. And our son's got no prospects. And I was like, oh, come on, man. So anyway, um, he says, oh, my gosh, I could die any time. He tells his son a long time ago, 
I left a whole bunch of money invested with um, a cousin in Midia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Midia. so, yeah, you find somebody to to show you the way and go with you and go get it. <laughs> and then you'll have something to live off of because it's a lot of money. It's a ton of dough. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years his, ago, I deposited this right, cash. Right. <laughs> 10 talents or something, which mm-hmm. was a ton. And here's... My half of the, um, the we each had a like a tablet or something, oh, and so right, we each yeah. broke it and traded halves. So here Carbon are my halves. Copy. You can, yeah. <laughs> so you know, so you know, they'll know it's really you. And so, okay. So he finds, he goes off and finds someone. Well, oh, and at the same time, the cousin's daughter, Sarah, yes, Sarah, right, has been going through an awful time. Mm-hmm. She's been yeah, married seven times. <laughs> yeah. She's seven got, times. Yeah, seven times. Well, there's a demon that's in love with her. Right. Yeah. And the demon, every time she gets married, when they go to the wet bed chamber, mm-hmm. the bridal chamber, he kills the husband. So they finally, guys, have stopped showing up after number seven. And she's like, I'm young and beautiful and capable and courageous, or so says the narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the worst. My life is awful. I'll have nothing. No family, no children, no husband. And plus, she's had seven guys be killed while she's in bed with him. I mean, you know, this is terrible. Right. So it's she's, brutal. So mm-hmm. Tobit is praying, please kill me, Lord. Let me die. This mm-hmm. is awful. And she, at the same time, is going, please let me die. This is awful. <laughs> and God hears Raphael, the uh-huh. angel, says yeah. he's taken their prayers to God. And God said, you go back there and here's you fix it up. That's right. And what we get is the most active angel story ever. So even if you don't think Tobit could ever possibly be true, or it doesn't matter. Because what's interesting in this case, if it's Midrash... Well, I believe it's part of the canon, mm-hmm. but if you don't, um, it's so interesting to watch this angel and how he facilitates uh, Toba's, Tobias's journey. That's Tobit's son. Mm-hmm. And everything gets wrapped up and solved in this real parallel fashion that's really great. And really, I mean, I hate to always come back to the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> but it made me think of Gandalf helping out everybody providing some of the superior information yes, to yeah. get through things that Raphael does. Because mm-hmm. Raphael does guide Tobias and gets everyone together and provides guidance. And I don't want to give away the rest of it because <laughs> it's such a great adventure. It's fun, yeah. Really yeah. good, really good. Yeah, when I, when I said that, um, yeah, by Louis McMaster Bajold, I, I, I kind of, you know, it, it's got a, it's a good story. Um, yeah. that, that's really what I mean by that. Um, it, it hits some of the elements of, you know, the stuff that she uses in, uh, her world of five gods fantasies. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's, uh, it's, it's just a darn good story in, in a way that, um, you know, it seems in a way that's different, you know, the way it hit me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. God because... uses all genres. Well, it's. <laughs> Yeah. The truth is the truth, no matter right. how you're telling it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I definitely go read it. Yeah, In fact, the sure. way I read it was when I um, had gone on that retreat and, you know, it was really you know, early, early in my faith. I had this Catholic study Bible and I would just kind of not look at it and put my hand on it, flip it open. Oh, and whatever cool. book it flipped open to, I would read that book. Uh-huh. I love it. And that's how I read Tobit was one of the first ones that happened with. And I was like, I didn't know this was in the Bible. (laughs) Whoa. I like it. That's neat. Yeah, exactly. And it was, that's Mm -hmm. how I read Judith. And Mm -hmm. so people will go, you've read first and second Maccabees. And I was like, well, I flipped it open, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Maccabees is another set. Um, uh, Gosh, so this will be a slight tangent. So let's finish yeah. our thoughts right here. <laughs> yeah, but well, uh, yes, we need to read Maccabees. Yes, I agree with that too. Um, the, the the tangent, if if we just bounce off the road for just a second, but Maccabees yeah. is another set or another book that is not included in everybody's Bible. So yes. so something that the history I'm not totally clear on is um, I know that Martin Luther right uh, took some of the books out of the Bible because um, they were written in Greek or Hebrew or I think because they weren't included in the a specific Jewish 
canon. Okay. And the reason that the Jewish canon did not include them was because of the language they were written in, maybe? Uh, um, that's what I've always understood, is okay. that they were written in Greek, and the Greek stuff was, you know, eh, that wasn't there when it was written, they say. Okay, um, gotcha. I don't know. That's yeah. possibly a bit judgy. And Maccabees has a very, very clear, uh, it points to um, purgatory in in Maccabees. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's just a very yeah. clear uh, statement in there. Um, you know, well, not just a statement, but a, a a way of being, basically, that is portrayed in the Maccabees that that just says, yeah, this this purgatory is a real thing. So, um, yeah, and I don't think he believed that, Martin Luther. Yes, I don't know um, exactly the thinking on it. A lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot of Protestants will still use books, Bibles mm-hmm. that have the Jewish or I mean the Catholic canon in it. And also to be clear, you know, Orthodox, uh there are other <laughs> Christian denominations that do use that Bible, but it's really Catholic and Orthodox. Um mm. but they call it the Apocrypha, which means I think hidden books. Right. So they don't consider them canonical, but they'll have them in there so you could read it too. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like reading um what, the Midrash, as you were saying, which is the commentaries that have been developed on things. Yeah. Because I'm looking and it's not saying why he did that, just okay. that he did that. It's something that I think I'll look into because that is a question I get in RCIA sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, I need to have a, a better answer for that. So well, I need to understand the, that history. Just, yeah, the thing I think is funny about it, and then we can move back to Tobit. But the thing I think is interesting about it is when you run into Protestants, they always go, your book has all those, your Bible has all those extra books, <laughs> like we put them in. Right, right. It's like, yeah. no, for 1,500 <laughs> years of the Catholic or of the Christian church, <clears throat> or say, say 1,100 years, because wasn't it 300 or 400 when this was done, uh, when the canon was finally nailed down, it's like, this was the Bible, you guys are missing books. <laughs> Or That's pieces right. of Daniel yeah. or things like that. And I'm like, why don't you ever look at it like that? Why is it always, we jammed in extra books? Yeah. it's right. That's not it. Why don't you look at what was taken out and think about it? You don't have yeah. to use them. It, it's so true. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, it's a mindset difference, right? It's like, mm-hmm. so the, the Catholic Church is clearly the trunk of the tree um, as yeah. far as everything that's split off of it. And um, it's like even Islam, it's like. You know, oh, yeah. Jesus is not who we say or who you say he is. He's a prophet, and here's a book that we got, you know. Um, right. And then you move, you know, the Orthodox Church and everything. But but clearly, in Christianity, the Catholic Church is the one that goes all the way back and is the trunk of the tree from which everything else branches off. Right. <laughs> and, and, and they're all like, you know, well, you guys don't have it quite right, so I'm doing my own thing and I'm branching. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's what just, all of the other churches kind of are. And, um, yeah. it, it that's makes just historical. Right. And it just, it, it, to me, you know, that, that, that lends credence, it, it adds even more to, to my own faith, uh, in the Catholic church itself, because if, if it is the true one, it's the one that everybody rails against. That makes sense to me that that's a truth, right? <laughs> the one that everybody is is saying is wrong um, and uh, uh, fighting against is mm-hmm. is got to be the right one. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the one that has the most branches, I guess I could say. So, well, yeah, yeah, I just think it's interesting thinking of it being a tree with all the branches and twigs and everything, because mm-hmm. you can see when you go back and trace different churches' uh, origins, they do all start. With Jesus, mm-hmm. the Catholic Church, the Christian Church, Universal Church, Catholic Church is the one that was founded, right? And everything else is branching off, as you say. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it because it's still attached, um, but yep. not right. But it's just not part of the whole. It could be chopped off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you got to watch but out that's for that. kind of just how I look at it. Is mm-hmm. yeah. It's like a river well, or a river with tributaries, I guess. <laughs> Heard that? Yeah, that yeah. too. Right. Either one. Either one. But yeah, so yeah, the, the, just you know how books get in and out of the Bible is just something that I think I'll look into more. It's just it's just out of curiosity. I'm just mm-hmm. really interested. 
Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, putting the Bible together, you know, sorry, this is like a big old tangent, but putting the Bible together in itself is a fascinating subject, you know, because it's like, you know, sometimes when people hear, yeah, everybody got together and they decided, um, not in an afternoon, <laughs> but they got together and right. they decided what needed to be in there. Right. They said this one, no, this one, yes, this one, no. And some people are like, I mean, that's, that's, that's horrible. How could that, you know, how else do you think it should be? <laughs> how else, yeah. if you, if you, if you have a, a vast ocean of documents around that are forgeries and, and all this other stuff, decisions have to be made. And, and we believe that with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, those decisions were made and what was canon was decided, you know, and, um, how else do you, do you see doing that is the question. Yeah, and the thing that's interesting is um, really, I guess the newest or, you know, most modern one is the Book of the Revelation, mm. which was written, what, about 60 years after Christ died? Yeah, something like that. John was in his 90s and Jesus died at 33. So, this is, you know, off the top of my head in that sense. So, it's all off the top of my head. Just take it for what it's worth at that point. But um, all these other things, like you say, they were looking at him going, oh, no, this has got this whole section that is not in accordance with what we know to be uh, true scripture. Mm -hmm. The Gospels, the letters of Paul, all these things. And um, and with Jesus' teachings, which is what everything comes back to. Mm-hmm. And um, so, that's why they had to get together, because nobody knew, and people were just using all kinds of stuff. And all anyone had to do was go, the Gospel of Thomas, written 200 years, mm-hmm. you know, after. Right, right. And so, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> yeah. No, don't think so. Right. Yeah, so decisions had to be made. And that's but they, they had did. several councils of bishops. So, I found something where it's like, so the Council of Hippo was 393, Carthage was 397, and Carthage 419. Mm-hmm. And um, so, then that list was fixed for hundreds of years, and it was affirmed again in 1442. And then, um, okay, so this says, speaking of a tangent, uh, <laughs> Martin Luther said... They claimed doctrines contrary to the rest of Scripture, which, of course, we interpret as his interpretation of Scripture. He's saying Uh that instead of a council. Mm -hmm. Um, He said the Jews had set the canon that he picked, and that's the thing they were saying where at the time of Jesus, the Old Testament books were still also kind of up in the air because some of them were being written pretty close to him. And um, so, they used both uh, the Greek and Hebrew So, that left Mm. everybody, he was quoting out of some stuff like that. And he said only the ones written in Hebrew were in the canon. Interesting. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, after the Protestant Reformation, the Council of Trent went, okay, (laughs) because this is how it is. You don't declare a dogma or definite teaching until it's been attacked. And they went, fine, here's our dogma on sacred scripture now Mm. that it's challenged. So, yeah. that's that's yeah. the short story of it. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, back to the book of Tobit. Um, yeah. Thanks go for that. It. Thanks for letting us. Yeah. Go read it. Yeah. We're going to delve yeah. into it now. Um, but uh, thanks for letting us tangent on that. Yes. Because, uh, Bear with yeah. Us. find that very interesting. So, um, so yeah. The... Uh, so, so at, the, at the very beginning, yeah. We, we see Tobit, again, um, just... Being righteous, right? Um, I, I thought that that was yes. pretty interesting, you know. And he's just like, I'm doing this, so he's he's like presenting this is what being a good uh, law abiding person, uh, law abiding Jew, this is what this looks like. And um, you know, he 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 listed a bunch of stuff, but again, that thing, um, yeah. And when somebody throws a body over <laughs> over the wall. <laughs> Um, I was, you know, you look at that and you just think, what, you know, cause it's so easy to read this stuff and not really, not really, um, put yourself there or, or mm-hmm. feel that this is a real person and it's really happening, you know, in the story. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, but when you do, it's just like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Um, and, 
Yeah, and he he was burying them, and then this burying them, you know, angered uh, some people, right? And it's right. it's a you know he's like, oh shoot, I buried this person, and and that, you know, it, it um it it, you know, again we think about Jesus at this thing too because a similar thing happened to Jesus, right? So Jesus was crucified, and then when they were done. Joseph of Arimathea said, can I go ahead and take him now? You know, can I go mm-hmm. bury him? You know, I don't know what happened to the rest of the people that were crucified. I mean, what happened to their bodies? You know, I don't think they were dead yet. Were they? Yeah, well, oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm they not did sure, say they went out and. Yeah, when they did die, it's just like, what would they do with a body of a person? Depends that had if been they're crucified? Jewish. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if they were Jewish, you know, a Jew would come take them. I would assume from what's mm-hmm. being given here, this is a thing that they would do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Joseph of Arimathea was like, yeah, I want to do this. And I, I understand that that's what happened with Peter as well, you know, uh, when Peter was crucified. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, that's part of the story, you know, at St. Peter's is that they buried, they took Peter rather than let them let anything happen to the body. They took Peter and they buried him where St. Peter's is. Um, yeah. But they didn't put a big old sign that says, here is Peter with, you know, uh, Las yeah. Vegas lights and pointers and stuff. Exactly. It was like a quiet it's thing. It's a secret. Yeah. And then in the in the tombs around that, um, often there was like a little graffiti that said, Peter is here. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. Um, but uh, j- just that, that tradition and how important that was to them. Well, that's interesting, too, because between those two or three stories, and it it makes me, when you were saying nobody's thinking of this as a real person, and I suddenly did start thinking of, you know, what's the story of the Jew who's killed and thrown over the wall Mm. and nobody cares? Right. And I was like, Mm. they would have had a family. Mm. They would have had people who loved him and were afraid to come and bury him. And so... Tobit doing this was not only fulfilling his duty of righteousness to God, he was being good to the community he was in. He was taking care of his the families around him in that sense. And in that, it's like one of the corporal works of mercy, right? right so, right. with the corporal works of mercy, there's the spiritual works of mercy, and you can pray for people and you can do things. But the corporal ones, like corporal means bodily, you go help them. You feed the hungry. You visit the uh, the afflicted, so the sick and people in prisons. You bury the dead. You clothe the naked. These are there's seven of them, but those are the ones mm-hmm. I can remember off the top of my head. And he's doing that. And they, I, I think I remember reading somewhere that they were saying this is one of the earliest examples of somebody carrying this out. And but just you telling it brought that to life. Mm. Him, him being the ripple that is carrying God's goodness to everybody. Yeah, very much so. I, I really feel that um, too. And then um, that leads right into when he was talking to Tobias. I know we're leaping ahead to chapter yeah, four-ish, that's right? That's the point. Yeah, and when when um, he's telling Tobias, he's basically, okay, I'm blind now. <laughs> and yeah. um, I'm going to need you to take this trip. Um, but before you go, here's a speech. You know, uh, this is how you be good. <laughs> yes. It's his, own, yes. it's his own Sermon on the Mount kind of. You know, it's like, hey, yeah, this is a list of stuff <laughs> that you should be doing. But, but what's really cool about it is it's like prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Mm-hmm. Right? It is the things that we do, and we try to do it in a heightened fashion in Lent. You know, mm-hmm. um, because these are so important to us that uh, uh, we try to do it in an accelerated way during Lent or in a, a more structured way. But here he is telling him, uh, yeah, this is what you do. Yeah, this yep. is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing, especially Toba, but I guess also Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. And again, this is something I read, but then I was thinking about it. It's like, it's almost like in a way, a parallel to the book of Job, which is much older and a deeper meditation on this idea that bad things can happen to good people. Mm, yeah. Because when you're being so righteous and you're doing all the right thing, that doesn't mean that um, everything's fine. And we all know this anyway. But Tobit is so pious and righteous 
And what does he get? He gets blindness, poverty, <laughs> and his wife is just ragging on him, man. <laughs> just giving it to mm-hmm. him. And um, Sarah, who we haven't really talked about, because and she, we don't get a lot of her story. Hers is an action part of the story. But she's when she's praying because she wants to die, I mean, she's had these seven husbands, a horrific experience for a young girl, because you would have been pretty young when you were getting married then. And she's very pious, though. And good, but she's still alone. She's got the contempt of the people around her. Like, don't marry her. I don't know what she did, but it must be bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's the, like the Black Widow. You could just see people creeping away from her. For sure. Yeah, in fact, she prayed for death, right? Yeah, and that's, yep. so sometimes that's how it it is. I mean, mm-hmm. You just have to keep trusting in God, and they both do because they're praying. Yeah, they both do, right? And there, there is this um, in chapter three. There is Tobit's prayer for death mm-hmm. and Sarah's prayer for death, and they're yeah. both very interesting. Um, but yeah, but they're both they're both bummed. <laughs> well, and it's this yeah. interesting parallel between a young woman and an old man, right? And they've mm-hmm. both been made helpless. Mm-hmm. Um. And so it's kind of also that idea that it you, you could be anybody. I mean, Sarah's father is rich, well off, well respected. It looks like that doesn't help Sarah. Yeah, yeah. And it you know, does, Tobit's it does in exile wherever yeah. he is. Right. Yeah. Reminds me a little bit of Job, like you said. But um, I mean, yeah, these words they just they just echo with uh, with Jesus too. It's like Tobit mm-hmm. says, "Lord, command that I be released from such anguish." Let me yes. go to my everlasting abode. Do not turn your face away from me, Lord. For it is better for me to die than to endure such misery in life and to listen to such reproaches. Um, but yeah, take this cup from me. Mm-hmm. It is definitely something that we feel as humans <laughs> in our lives sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we're driven to tears and despair. We ask God, why is this thing happening or not happening? Yeah. How can I get through it? Right. And you and you know, you pray and you're you know, give me your grace, give me some mm. strength and <laughs> every prayer gets answered, but not right away. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um sometimes the answer is that's just how it is right now. Mm-hmm. And then um that's tough. yeah, in Sarah's prayer she says, um, Basically, you know, I, I haven't, what have I done wrong, right? I have never sold yeah. my own name or my father's name in the land of my captivity. I just don't understand this. I'm my father's only daughter and he has no other child to be his heir, right? And then yeah. she says, why should I live any longer? But if it does not please you, Lord, to take my life, look favorably, favorably upon me and have pity on me that I may never again listen to such reproaches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad enough this has happened to her. It's like, come on, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They keep dying. What's wrong with you? Right, right. And then I do, I do like, you know, uh, this line too. This is cool. So right after both of those, it says, At that very time, the prayer of both of them was heard in the glorious presence of God. And then, it, yes. then, it's, then Raphael is sent. So Raphael was sent to heal them both. To remove the white scales from Tobit's eyes so that he might again see with his own eyes God's light. And to give Sarah, the daughter of Raguel, as a wife to Tobiah, the son of Tobit, and to rid her of the wicked demon Asmodeus. For it fell to Tobiah's lot to claim her before any others who might wish to marry her. So, yeah, so there's his mission, right? Okay, I need you to go down there and take care of this for us. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like he comes down and then removes the scales from Tobit's eyes. He doesn't just do this like with a snap. It's like, right. it, it's kind of like in, um, uh, oh, I'm thinking of the Jimmy Stewart Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, right. He's got job to do. <laughs> yeah. He's being sent to do a, do some work and uh, he's, yeah. he's definitely enjoying it too. <laughs> he seems to be having a great time. I, I, mean, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and I love when they set off on their road trip and they've got a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> I 
Hello. And I was like, a dog? And I, that's a, somewhere in some commentary long ago, I remember reading that this is the only place in a Bible, uh, in the Bible, where you see a dog like this. I mean, Jesus and um, the pagan woman, woman asking for her daughter to be freed of a demon, he does mention dogs, and he says, well, you know, the... Why would I'm I'm here for the children of Israel? I can't give the good food or the bread or whatever to the dogs under the table. Mm-hmm. And um, she says, "Yeah, but the dogs get to eat the crumbs." <laughs> and he goes, "Ah, good as your you know, true as your faith." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. But in, and the word he uses uh, that they use back and forth is the word for lap dogs. So there is mm-hmm. a word for that. Cool. But yeah. yeah, but it's this thing of the dog, and I found something. This is from a book by an author you never hear from anymore who I love so much. His name is Henri Daniel, I guess it's Rope, R-O-P-S. Okay. And he was French. All his He wrote in the 50s, maybe the 60s. All his books were translated into English or a whole bunch of them. He did a huge multi-volume history of the church, but he did a bunch of other things like a book about what's the Bible This one's called Israel and the Ancient World, A History of the Israelites from the Time of Abraham to the Birth of Christ. And uh, he just writes about things in such a good way. And he's talking about this story. And he says, um, you know, what you really get out of this, he goes, yeah, the history is, you know, we've discovered it's not quite right. He says, but what you get are the noble morals of old Tobias, his deep respect for the dead and strictness in religious observance. The story also reveals some curious foreign influences. Demonology was highly developed in Assyria and Persia, and exorcism was held in honor. Faith in these countries, in many elements of magic and bronze or clay livers, have even been found which were used by apprentice diviners for learning their trade. The devil Asmodeus, Sarah's terrible lover, is the Persian uh, Asmadeva, the demon of lust. And I went, oh, wait, now I get it. Rages, Mm -hmm. uh, Rages, R-A-G-E-S, was an important religious center of Iranian Mazdaism, We find in Mesopotamia, Iran, and India, the theme of a dead man who shows gratitude to whoever has given him burial. And even in the sympathetic character of the dog, we have a reminder that in Persia, dogs were sacred, and that infernal torments were the punishment of those who ill-treated them. The story of Tobias, therefore, owes much to foreign influences, but it bears the imprint of Israel and her hopes. Very, very so, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, he, he's kind of addressing a lot of the things that we talked about, but I loved the idea of the Persian influences on the mm. story. The, the demon is the Persian demon of lust. Dogs were yeah. considered important. And so, you could almost see this being kind of a, a merging of, wow, I love these elements, but here's the story I'm telling. It's, it's the kind of like what Christians did when they would go to pagan countries mm. and they divinize the, the pagan um, holidays and things. And people will now talk about that and they'll say, oh, well, they were just appropriating. No, they were bringing out the truth of what was in that holiday already mm-hmm. and saying, you just had this part wrong. But look, here's what it actually links to that we already have. Mm-hmm. You know, rebirth, Easter, all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, and the uh, Christmas, right? Christmas at the mm-hmm. at the point at which things turn around and you start to get more day every yeah, day. Yeah, light <laughs> is coming back. Exactly, right. and and how important that would be to people back then, and how notable it would be is oh, the days are going to start getting longer. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, and you can measure it. Yeah, it's right. reliable. And yeah, in a place with no electricity. Yeah, um, how important that would be. Yeah, but you can trust it, and light means something symbolically. Right. And that's also the acknowledgement that symbols do matter. They're not just things that people made up to make themselves feel better. Right. There's a truth behind a lot of these things. There is, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so I just, good. when the dog mm-hmm. came up, I was like, oh, this reminds me of... <laughs> Yay, <Yeah>, dog! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It, it makes it, it's a real modern touch. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, you don't, there are, animals aren't featured in tons of the Bible stories. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so here, chapter 6, verse 2. 
When the young man left home, accompanied by the angel, the dog followed Tobiah out and went along with him. Yay! <laughs> Do you figure it's his dog? It doesn't say, but it's just like, well, the do- the household dog. <laughs> yeah. Of course he came with of you. Of course, yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely imagine that. He must like Tobiah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, probably this his dog. He's a young man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I could just see him to having me, a great time To me, in my head, together. it's a golden retriever. What a- <laughs> oh, that's so funny. To me, it's a little scruffy dog. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, with a tail curling yeah. over his back and the ears standing up, you know. Cool. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, shortly after that is when this fish leaps out of the water and tries to swallow his foot. That's hilarious. It is, yeah. When the young man went down to wash his feet in the Tigris River, a large fish leaped out of the water and tried to swallow his foot. Again, I'm reading out of the NAB version. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then the angel says, hey, grab that fish and hold on to it. Because it's got everything we need. Um, he doesn't say that part, but he says it a little bit later, but it's just, uh, but yeah, that's just, that was just hilarious. You know, the fish jumps out and grabs onto his foot and he's like, ah, you know, and then the angel's like, Hey, don't throw that thing back in there. We need that. Um, so yeah. I know it's that great combination of all the things that are happening. All of them matter. Right. Um, you just have to have someone to help point out. So you see the significance of what's going on. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's just a road trip to go visit his cousin or uncle, I guess, or yeah. whoever it is. Yeah. Right. You know, so then the angel says, okay, slit, slit that thing open, take out its gall, heart, and liver, and keep those things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the gall, heart, and liver are useful for medicine. And he says, okay, now, luckily, these things can be used to get rid of demons, and this thing can be put on someone's eyes, and the scales will be removed. And uh, yeah, they can yeah. see again. Right. He's like, oh, well, that would be handy. <laughs> I can see Tobias. It's just what I needed. <laughs> yes. Just amazing. So it's pretty awesome to have an angel. Although he doesn't out. know about Sarah and the demon yet. Right. He does not. He does uh, not know do, that yet. We do, but he doesn't. Right. Of course, Raphael knows. Yep. Yep. That's He's really on top cool. Of it. Yeah. And then, in fact, yeah, he doesn't know anything about Sarah. And then while uh-uh. they're walking, the angel says to him, hey, we're going to stop here on the way to where we're going, and we're going to pick up Sarah. <laughs> Sarah is someone you're going to like a lot. Because <laughs> his father had said, oh, while you're out there, take a look around for a wife, but be sure you don't marry one of these foreign women. Uh-huh. It's got to be somebody from our family, right. kinsmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically a clan. And it's that thing of, you know, you, you want to, you, these girls aren't good enough for you. You want yeah. one of these girls. <laughs> and the angel goes, and guess what? Uh-huh. She's a kinsman, and uh-huh. she's beautiful, and she's courageous, and yeah. she's. And Tobias is like, I cannot wait to meet this chick. Oh, I am half in love with her already. I love, I, and I love. Tobias says, "Now, isn't she the girl who's seven husbands?" Oh, so he has heard of her. Okay, he has heard of her. Yeah. That's the best. Hold on, I just want to check one thing. I, I'd heard some stuff back in you know back home. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, news travels fast. Yeah. I uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that the poor girl is notorious even oh, in other towns. Oh shoot! Yeah, but then oh. he, he does say um, uh, Tobiah knows that you know in the stories it actually talks about the demons, so it's not yeah. like to them it's a mystery why they keep dying. But he says I am afraid of this demon too because. It is in love with her and does not harm her, but it kills any man who wishes to come close to her. And I don't think I want any part of that for reals. So, I like that they have motivation. Yeah. <laughs> then um, Raphael says, hey, didn't, don't you remember what your dad said? You know, this is the perfect woman for you. And uh, when you go into the bridal chamber, we have this fish's liver and the heart. And uh, you just throw them on the fire and you're going to be fine. So, yeah, burn the um, incense. Yeah, yeah. Or the incense that comes off of it will scare mm-hmm. it away. Right. As soon as the demon smells the odor, it will flee and never again show itself near her. So perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> well, it, it also makes me think of, I don't know how many days away or it might say, um, and I inexplicably did not bring my copy of the Bible back here, uh-huh. so I'm just one on memory. But um, it makes you think, 
of um, I know they say that Raphael is like a young man, mm-hmm. but I think of him as almost the older friend. Mm, yeah. You know, just uh, like they've gotten to know each other on the road because he's passing out all the advice and Tobias is going, oh, oh okay. Yeah, right, right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you definitely know. looking at him as someone with experience, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. There's there's something there where he's like, yeah, you you are a person I need to hear or listen to. Yeah, I'm trust, I trust you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. right. Yeah. Yep. Right, yeah. So then they... Um, then they go ahead and they, they get married. So they show up there and then, um, they have a feast and everything, but I mean, it just, it makes (laughs) me laugh because when they, when they go into the room, you know, so they get married and then they go into the room, you know, the marriage room. And what does the the dad do? The father-in-law of Tobiah, he goes and digs a grave because he's like, Hey, I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen now. Him stopping every so often, picking up the flask, having another drink on how had poor kids. He's pretty great. I oh my <laughs> Yeah, I kinda liked him, man. Oh, this is yeah. way better than the last one. But it dang it. And the whole thing was gonna be super oh, great. Oh, so good. Oh, so no, good. You know, but he's doing it in the dark by himself. Oh my gosh. You know? So it's it's really funny. Mm. Well, and then um the thing that's great too is that this whole idea of marriage here, so um, they they burn the liver and the heart, and the incense drives them away. And, Ra- and he goes, he's sent to Egypt, was that what they said? And mm-hmm. uh, Raphael goes, yeah. you know, flies flies away and ties them all up. Right, so right. And I, I just, I love that. I mean, that's yeah. just one of the details I just love. It says, yeah. so so uh, Tobiah gets into the, the marriage chamber. He does what he was told, liver and heart from the bag, and he throws them on the fire. And then the odor of the fish repulsed the demon, and it fled to upper regions of Egypt, it says. Raphael went in pursuit of it, and there bound it hand and foot, just like he said. And then Raphael re- returned immediately. So I just, you know, this fleeing all the way to Egypt. I mean, uh, how cool is that? It's just neat. That was very strong incense. Really, really nice. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was like a slap in the face. It's like, I am out of here. Somebody should have told me yeah. about this fish a long time ago. But, um, <laughs> but it's awesome. Yeah, it well, was great. Yeah, it, it's funny because it does make me think of a historical fiction in a sense that they explain everything. Mm, yeah. A lot of the stories that are, you know... Um, like the stories of Joshua fighting to for the to get the Holy Land and everything, you're told what happens, but you're not given follow through on everything like this. Like, okay, and just to make sure we all know the demon can't come back, Raphael went and tied him up. <laughs> you know, it's, okay, yeah. that's done. Check mark on that one. <laughs> well, because what I love is then um, Raphael says this beautiful prayer. Hmm. Um, and I don't have it in front of me, mm-hmm. but it's it's so loving, and it's so it's dedicating them to the goodness of their marriage. It's not just like now we can get it on, let's get in bed. It's it's a true yes, yeah. true reflection of love, and, and that is that is something else because um, here they are, they're in their marriage bed, the demon's gone, they're getting ready to consummate basically, but mm-hmm. instead of doing so. They get up and they pray, and um, you know that that's Lenten as well. It's it's almost like there's something that I very 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 much want, <laughs> but I'm gonna stop for a second, right? And yeah. I'm going to do this, right? And and what, that's what they do is they pray. And I'm gonna get look at the the bigger purpose here, exactly. the bigger point right. of what's going on before I enjoy these things I'm allowed to enjoy, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I can read. I can read this prayer. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, it's not very long. Um, so they were in their marriage bed, um, and then uh, Tobias said, uh, "Come, let us pray, and beg our Lord to grant us mercy and protection." So they get out of bed, and they say this: uh, "Blessed are you, O God of our ancestors. Blessed be your name forever and ever. Let the heavens and all your creation bless you forever. You made Adam." And you made his wife Eve to be his helper and support. And from these two, the human race has come. You said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Let us make him a helper like himself. Mm 
Now, not with lust, but with fidelity, I take this kinswoman as my wife. Send down your mercy on me and on her, and grant that we may grow old together. Bless us with children. They said together, Amen, Amen. Then they went to bed for the night. And there it is. And you'll hear that read sometimes at wedding ceremonies mm. as mm. one of the readings. It's nice, yeah. Um, I like that. I didn't realize this, and I read this in um, the book you mentioned, the Catholic Introduction to the Bible, the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. That um, John Paul II is one of the few people who've done a lot of homilies featuring Tobit, the mm. book of Tobit. And specifically focusing on the marriage as, um, you know, the respect for marriage, the focus that it has. And a lot of those homilies are the ones that got turned into his theology of the body. Uh huh. Yeah. And so I, that's the first thing I've ever read that made me interested in reading the theology of the body, which has been recommended many times. And I'm like, oh, I totally think it's great. Mm-hmm. I totally get behind the whole ever teaching behind it. I just don't feel like I need to read it. But I was like, oh. He talked about Tobit, did he? Uh, <laughs> that's what it takes for me. You, t- you yeah. talk about a demon and some and an adventure, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that was also pointed out was that her seven suitors were slain for their lust. Mm. Um, but Tobit's prayer puts their relationship in the center. Very good, yeah. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because they wouldn't have known her or maybe had the bigger picture um, we don't know anything about them. We don't know if they're just locals. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. Like when the father, to- Tobit, says, don't marry some local girl. Um, mm-hmm. So, it wasn't what a marriage is supposed to be. Right, right. Even was able to take advantage of that weakness. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and then we, we get back to the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> because in the comedy now the the father-in-law who's outside is like okay i need one of you to go in there and see how things are going <laughs> oh my gosh yeah send one of the maids in to see if he's alive yeah. if he's died let's go ahead and bury him and before even the sun comes up no one will even know we'll just get her done I'm also tired of being made fun of, by the way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, the maid comes out and says, yeah, he's alive. Everything's fine. And then they praise God. He's like, oh. Yeah. Well, okay, let's fill this in. <laughs> oh, that's too awesome. And then, and then. It's, I was ready for him to die. Right. And then it's party time because yeah, uh, it's oh, like, holy cow, this is working out. We're going to have a two-week-long party. Right. Um, this is really great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I okay. I can't wait for the movie. <laughs> lucky one to go in and find the yeah. body. Uh, yeah. Where's Mel Gibson when you need him? You need to make a Tobit movie. Yes. <laughs> I need someone to make that movie. Oh, that's too good. Yeah. And then they, um, yeah, after, after a couple of weeks of partying, you know, they go ahead and they, they, uh, they move on, you know, and I gotta get home. my parents are so worried that's about right. him. So that's what they do. And then, yeah. Uh, chapter 10 is called anxiety of the parents because they have no idea, you know, where is he? Where is he? And then, uh, he comes back, which is awesome. He heals his father's eyes. That's right. He heals his father's eyes, right. And uh, and there was much rejoicing there, too. <laughs> <laughs> and a lovely long prayer from Tobit, or a canticle, or both yeah, of his prayers. absolutely I don't know right. the difference between a canticle and a prayer, but moving on. <laughs> Not enough uh, research yeah. for one day. I can see you, light of my eyes, yeah. Blessed yes. be God, blessed is great name. Blessed be all his holy angels. And at this point, he doesn't even know that Raphael is an angel, right? May his right. great name be with us, and blessed be all the angels throughout the ages. God, it was who God it was who afflicted me, and God who has had mercy on me. Now I see my son. Yep. 
Super good, super good. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's only at the very end that. Uh, so, yeah, they decide. Well, what are we going to pay this guy that brought you over there? Um, you know, and he says, "Gosh, let's give him half the stuff, half of everything we brought back," and uh, which is you know very generous, right? So, and um, I really like that impulse. Was mm-hmm. he did so much? How could we ever pay him enough? But let's so let's give him half. That's right. That's right. Way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love you know then Raphael. What he says is great. You know, so Raphael called the two of them aside privately and said to them. Bless God and give him thanks before all the living and good things he has done for you by blessing and extolling his name in song. Proclaim before all with due honor the deeds of God and do not be slack in thanking him. A king's secret should be kept secret, but one must declare the works of God and give thanks with due honor. Do good and evil will not overtake you. And then here this angel says, Prayer with fasting is good. Almsgiving with righteousness is better than wealth and wickedness. It is better to give alms than store up gold. For almsgiving saves from death and purges all sin. Those who give alms will enjoy a full life. You know, there's Lent. (laughs) It's just fantastic, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because you and I were talking about various other themes, but it's clear that, I mean, and those themes are there. There's no denying it. Um, but it's clear that the the huge point of this story is fasting, prayer, and almsgiving are, this is how you um, are faithful. Right. And yeah. um, that you're right. It is a Lenten story. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah, it's great. You were saying something about Adam and Eve? Yeah, there's something um, that I learned in that um, Old Testament book. Um the it, it's there's a little section called theological it says theological issues in Tobit but they compared Adam to Tobias and <clears throat> Adam is basically you know he fell right but Tobias mm-hmm. stood so it's like Adam fails to protect his bride from the serpent but Tobias protects Sarah from the demon Adam says and does nothing in the face of the serpent's attack. Tobias cries out to God in prayer and offers sacrifice and obedience. For Adam, the evil spirit triumphs. and Tobias, the evil spirit is bound. And then it says, and for Adam, he and his bride sin and suffer spiritual death. And it gives a quote for or a, a reference from Genesis. And then uh, for Tobias, he and Sarah pray and are saved from death. So uh, it's just an interesting contrast with Adam. And then um, there's also a contrast with Eve and Sarah. Um, so they're just, they call them intertextual parallels. So it suggests that Sarah is a kind of a new Eve, kind of, right? So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Eve is attacked by the serpent after her wedding to Adam, and Sarah attacked, is attacked by a demon on her wedding night. So there's a parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, speaks with she... Uh, Eve speaks with the demon, entices her husband to sin, and then Sarah says, uh, remains silent in the face of the demon, follows her husband's lead in prayer, and her only words are amen. Which, I, I don't know. She said the whole prayer. I don't I don't know. It said they, they said they <laughs> prayed together. Is that her only okay, word? Well, I was like, okay. Well, y- you yeah. know, considering he was going extemporaneously, right. maybe she was just like next to him, kind right. of mentally going along. Gotcha. And then Eve sins and dies physically, and then Sarah prays and is delivered from a social death, it says. I don't know if I like that parallel there. Um, Uh. Eve covers herself in shame at her nakedness. Um, Sarah is taken in chaste love by her bridegroom, sleeps peacefully with him. And then Eve, uh, the wedding turns into a funeral, and then for Sarah, the funeral turns into a feast. So, mm-hmm. it's very interesting for sure. But I, I was more struck by the Adam Tobias. I felt like that was that well, was striking. I, and I found this spot in the book that you were talking about. And the, the, one of the things that I do like is they go on and say there's so many parallels, even if you don't like a couple of the Eve ones, maybe mm-hmm. yeah. um, that it's hardly likely it's a coincidence because yeah. whoever wrote this would have known the Book of Genesis quite well. Oh, but, for sure. Um, yeah. 
And so they say um, the prayer of Tobias and Sarah explicitly mentions Adam and Eve mm-hmm. as the prototype of married love. It says, and they began to say, you made Adam and gave him Eve, his wife, as a helper and support. From them, the race of mankind has sprung. You said, it is not good that the man should be alone. He Let us make a helper for him like himself. So, because they're mentioning it so explicitly, you're supposed to think of Adam and Eve. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, once again, these stories that seem so simple when you're reading it, going, oh, this is a five-chapter amusing story with, you know, fair press, uh, prayer <laughs> fasting and uh, almsgiving and all this stuff. Uh, it's more um, literally written, mm-hmm. more thoughtfully written than you might expect. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Very much so. And, uh, you know, the Bible is just full of this kind of stuff. And um, when you read the Old Testament with Christ in mind as well, what you see mm-hmm. is just like, wow, they're, this was written, you know, before Christ. And, and it, it seems to be referring to him. You know, it, it just, uh, it, it's a continuity. Right. It's an amazing thing. Well, it's that thing that we were saying earlier about, you know, the pagan holidays and being divinized or Christianized. And it's that thing of, but the light is the light. The truth is the truth. Yeah. And this truth can refer to more than one thing. And if Christ is the ultimate truth and light, then these stories that have these true things in them, of course, seem to reflect them because they do. Yeah. Very, very true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah. I, I really enjoy this story um, mm-hmm. quite a bit. It's, it's a favorite of mine, but oh, I haven't read good. it for a really long time, so I'm really glad you picked it, and I would not have thought of it for Lent. So oh, cool. That's a good yeah. one. Nice. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. wonderful. Gosh, we, we need to keep doing these. Um, <laughs> do more Old Testament stuff. We seem to do... Next up, we've done Esther. One a, Esther, okay. We've done yeah. like one a year or so. And not not on not purposefully so right. we haven't said we're going to do one a year but it just seems to be keep coming up so yeah I that's enjoy true. them a lot well, we yeah. did Genesis last year yeah. yeah we did and we've done Job yep. and we've done did we do Jonah no, did we we did do Jonah but we didn't do Job we didn't do Job oh, okay well we ought to do Job I feel sure I would have remembered doing an in depth <laughs> conversation about Job that's right that's I could right. be wrong mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that could been yeah. I don't see it here, uh, but that would be okay. really interesting. Um, I think maybe that's in my head because we did uh, a pretty lengthy Bible study on it, so I've talked oh. about it a lot. And oh. uh, in my head, you know, <laughs> I was thinking, well, eh, maybe we did it for this because yeah, it's it was really good though. You would be the perfect person to talk about it with. Them. It would be fun. So we yeah. will have to do it. Yeah, you we'll know so much. Have to do it, for sure, we'll do that in year seventeen. <laughs> well, good. I have some time then. <laughs> oh, oh, gracious. Too fun. Okay. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Well, is there anything else you would like to say about Tobit? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I do like the idea that we can entertain angels unawares, you know? Yes. The same goes. Yeah. And that um, this sort of thinking about angels was so ingrained that there's actually a set of guidelines on how you can tell if somebody who visited you was an angel. Oh, nice. from Peter Craig wrote a book called uh-huh. Angels and Demons because right. he taught a class on this, and mm-hmm. it was all the questions he got asked all the time. And I read it a long time ago, and I love it. And it's you serve them something to eat, like cookies or something. They mm-hmm. come and visit, and you set out some refreshments, and then when they're gone, count the cookies and see if they're really <laughs> gone. That's great. <laughs> they, they might take on the appearance of, of a body, but they're not really uh, right. in flesh, because they're yeah. only spirit. Right. Angels are spirit, right? Right. Fact, so, I, I can't remember who said that. You know, angel, angels, so angel is like their job function. Yes. Right. It's, and it, but they're, it's not their nature. So yeah. spirit messenger. is their nature. Right. Yeah, messenger. Angel means messenger. Mm-hmm. Right. And spirit is their nature. They're yeah. the next step up from, you know, if you start with rocks and dirt, uh-huh. worms, all the things, birds, dogs, all the stuff, and you get to us and we're kind of like the bridge 
between animals and angels because right. we've got the spirit and the flesh. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then angels are spirit, right? class. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody going, oh my gosh. <laughs> but I was oh, like, the idea is so fun. practical. Count the cookies. <laughs> Count the cookies, check. Seven cookies, let's see what happens. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Too fun. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, next up for us is a movie. Mm. Um, Looper. Oh, yeah. Looper, right. <laughs> That's a good one. And I think yeah. I've only seen it once in so long ago, oh, but I remember how much I loved it. Very good. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a terrific movie. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of movies, um, we continue to add things to our list of our favorite books and our favorite movies on the website. Um, so we, this time we're adding some of our favorite Lenten movies, um, to the list. So be sure to check that out. Yeah. And it's, it's for me anyway, it's probably not going to be, you know, your Jesus movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are fine. Right. But they're not what I think of when I think of watching something that for Lent. Yes. You know, right. Thinking of somebody who's struggling a little bit and then comes out at the other end or yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you bet. You bet. So we'll, anyway. we'll have that together and it'll be part of the post on our website, which is a good story is hard to find dot blogspot dot com. If you go there, you'll see the post and uh, you can check out our list. Yeah. yeah. It's in a tab. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Too fun. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Yes. And, uh, We'll, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yeah, talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.